This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Michelle Scribner-McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Miles, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about the Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else we feel like talking about. I'm Chris Eliopoulos, and with me, as always, is Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean. Hi, Michelle. Welcome home. Hi. Thanks, Chris. Good to be back. Yeah. With you. Not, Are you sure? Not at, not at school. <laughs> I was going to say, right? It's good to be I'm home. A, not... a spring break is over. <laughs> Boo. But... Uh... Daylight savings time is here. Here we right. go. Here we go. Can you can you tell the, we're in, the, the, the show is an hour later than it was last week? <laughs> um, and also with us is the dean of Disney, Mr. Mike Scopa. Hi, Mike. Hi, hey, Chris. Wouldn't it be an hour earlier? I don't know. Um, we sprung forward, anyways. Right? We sprang, sprang oh, forward. Well, oh, maybe you're right. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, either way, that's why we don't. We that's why we shouldn't have daylight savings time because nobody can exactly. figure this thing out. Exactly. Um, Happy spring. Yeah. Well, uh, so you guys have just uh, arrived home from a wonderful trip down to the Magic Kingdom and Epcot and all the other parks. I don't want to feel like naming them all, but you went down to Disney World. Um, and so we thought instead of doing a normal trip report, what we might do is uh, I'll open up the discussion to the two of you now that you've been down there um, for the first time in, in about a year, almost a little, well, a little less than a year, maybe. Um, August. Eight months. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and I recently was there in January, so we sort of have a, a new paradigm that we can talk about. So we're going to go through a few things, and we're going to do, uh, as we like to call it, magical or tragical. Uh, we're going to discuss the different subjects and then give our final uh, vote. Um, so we're going to start kind of general, and, and then we'll get down to the minutia. But so obviously the big question, guys, is uh, the Genie Plus system um michelle before you left you told me uh this was a throw money at the problem problem and you felt technology would save us all so uh how did you feel using it was there like a learning curve uh well yeah we actually used it at least uh once for every park and um i feel like I'm a pretty educated person. I feel like uh, I can pretty much solve most technology problems that come my way. I think this is really, really tricky. Um, there were, you, the difference between Genie, Genie Plus and Lightning Lane was not very clear on your, your screen. Lots of different things are popping up. There's a suggestion tab, then there's your itinerary. Um, it is, I, you know, I did due diligence. I watched a lot of videos before I got down there. I played around with the app. Um, I thought it was really, really tricky. So basically my analogy is Genie is like a value resort. <laughs> Genie Plus is like a moderate and Lightning Lane is like a deluxe resort. So um, it's what you're willing to, to pay for. I didn't feel like I had a, a good understanding of what was going on until like the third day. Um, but one of the one of the things I liked about it, and I, I have very mixed feelings about it, I did do the Lightning Lane for um, a few things. And I did Genie, we did Genie Plus for several days. I did like that you could buy the, the, um, the attract 
action that you want to go on. But unlike when you make a dining reservation and you can say, I want to go at four o'clock, I want to go at six o'clock because I got other things going on. It tells you when you need to get there. So if you log on and buy Genie Plus at seven in the morning and you want to go on Ratatouille, it tells you when you need to get, you can't say, oh, I'd like to do that like four o'clock after I have lunch or something like that. So if you have, you have to be really clear on what your plans are, it, they'll pop up and show you that it's overlapping, but it is, it is a lot of management just for two people, uh, one of whom wasn't riding some of the attractions that were more thrill rides. Um, uh, if you, what, what happens is when you buy Genie Plus, you're basically buying one sort of lightning lane experience, although it doesn't include everything that you could buy in the lightning lane. So you're buying one uh, position in the lightning lane for the rest of the day for the attractions that are approved. So, so for instance, you could buy it at the Magic Kingdom and get into Buzz Lightyear. So basically you're paying $15 to get into Buzz Lightyear. And then once you do that, it'll give you recommendations and every uh, three or four hours you can choose another one, but they're limited based on what other people have taken. So basically you're on your phone trying to figure out all day long uh, what to do. And it turns out that one day, I'm sorry, I'm babbling on one day, we couldn't even find a lightning lane thing to do because I had picked Splash Mountain and there are guest services or guest experience pros, not too many, I think maybe two in each park. And when I went over there and I said, look, I can't even find a lightning lane to do because every it was sort of the end of the night and I'd been trying all day. And the the guest services person said, you know, this is really, really tough. I said, you know, I think I'm, I'm pretty tech savvy. And he said, for people who aren't tech savvy, for people who are, you know, struggle with English, it is really, really hard. He said, I can't tell you how many times I've had to explain and reset and show people where their reservations are. So anyway, sorry for the long, I had a long, long time to think about it, but I would not, I would not recommend it for people like us who go very often. Um, and it turned out to be pretty expensive every day. So uh, I agree with everything Michelle said, <clears throat> and there was some other, <clears throat> excuse me, other uh, thing, observations, Chris, uh, that, that I thought were interesting. I think that to comment on Michelle's, uh, feeling how confused it was. I think we really don't know how confusing it is to most people with the exception of the following flags. When we did use the lightning lane, we almost like walked right on. It was as if nobody was using it or no one figured out how to use it. Unlike fast pass where you get into a fast pass lane in the past, you still waited sometimes 15 to 20 minutes, but for the lightning lane, we went right in. Except so, for flights of wonder, which you didn't go on. Flights of passage. Flights of passage, yeah. So I think that what this, and we talked about how the spontaneity is missing on a Disney vacation. I truly think that the Disney Genie and Genie Plus system contributes to the removal of that spontaneity. Because as Michelle mentioned, you can't purchase a lightning lane for a particular attraction at a particular time. They, it's like that old science fiction program, Outer Limits, we control the vertical, we control, we want to control you. So why it's use like something? It's like you're at the yeah. deli and they give you a number. And if you're not there for the number, you, you lose your place. Right. Night, so. so when you purchase Disney Genie and Genie Plus, you're saying to Dis Walt Disney World, 
I want you to control my vacation. And I don't think a lot of people would go for that. Yeah, I, I, I think what it came down to me for me is that I realized that my annual pass now is just something that gets me in the door. And that's all I can expect from it. I can use restaurants. I can have the, you know, the experience of the ambiance. It is not going to get me on even the people mover that has like had like a 60 minute wait. Um, it won't even get me on that. So uh, maybe a carousel progress, but it's, it's not going to get you the same experiences that you had um, before. So I would not do it myself, but um, you know, I, there are a lot of, attractions that I could walk by and say, I'll do that again. The only way I realize that I'm going to go on the attractions that are really interesting to me at this point is to get there during early hours and to like really not have a vacation type of experience, but to get out of bed really early and to, yeah. to run over. So. Well, it's funny. Cause I think I mentioned to you guys from when I went that I, the feeling was I just paid all this money for my annual passes to get into the parks. And that's all it's getting me now. Like, yep. like even if you don't use Genie Plus, the amount of attractions you're going to get on is so limited just because the amount of people in the in in the queue. So, so you're Unless saying you now, go really, really early. Well, yeah, that was the thing too, is we found if you, if you got in there, but even then there were points where um, I felt like we got there super early, even when we were uh, a hotel early access and we went up to uh, Remy's Ratatouille and it was an hour wait even though we were, the parks had not even opened yet. So there were definitely some problems with that one, but so M Michelle, so if it's, we didn't use it when we went and you're saying that you're as a tech savvy person and it's only two of you and you know, the parks who is exactly is Genie plus four then. I would, I would say I was remembering you talking about your friend who had a good experience with it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's for the people who, and this is what the cast member said to me. It's for the people who get there really early and use it all day from park opening to park closing and um, spend the money for, you know, get their whatever their one attraction is that they want to see with Genie Plus and then every few hours it'll repopulate. But you're, you could get something at 10 o'clock and then your next reservation might not be until four. So if you are somebody who is, when I'm not willing to sp spend 12 or 14 hours in the park to do everything, then I think you could get the most out of it. And that's exactly what the cast member said to me. So Chris, a few minutes ago, <clears throat> Michelle had mentioned that Genie Plus just gives you really one lightning lane. And what she just said now made me think about what would actually be the maximum number of lightning lane purchases or experiences you could actually have in a full day and you have to wait so many so is it two hours or four you can hours? get your first one at seven and your next one at 11 and i think after then that is every two, two hours or three hours so nine eleven one three five seven nine so maybe you could get seven if you're lucky but it doesn't work that way because right. um as you go on during the day, there are fewer choices. So let's say yeah. that all attractions, all spots for the attractions is a hundred percent. So then you're at seven o'clock, everything's wide open. But then when you get to 11 and there may be, you may be, things may be sold out already. So um, 
or you may not be able to get to test track until 6 p.m. And then you can't make an, you have to just wait in line or just wander around and you can't make another one until then. So, you know, as the day goes on, you have fewer and fewer choices. So I would love to see it optimized that, that you could get that many. But, um, but again, you know, Can what is, what is the, what does your admission give you? And I think for us, we're, I don't know, Chris, if you're the same way, maybe you're more, we're like six hours in the park type of people. Mm -hmm. And after six hours, I'm, I'm done. Like yeah. the sun and, and, and the crowds. And that, and the that used to be fine. That used to be fine when I had a young family and it used to be fine up until recently. So now six, you can't plan anything except for like two attractions. So I don't want to cut you off, but just to, to give you like a dollars and cents for every, mm -hmm. For every day that we bought it, plus one lightning lane was like 50, 60, $50, $50. And that guaranteed mm. two attractions. Wow. That's on top of our annual passes. So yeah. I, it, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, somebody had corrected me when I had said, well, if you have to book, you get in there early and you book for whatever um, Space Mountain if it's for six o'clock. Didn't they say it opens up for another attraction two hours? Like even though your attraction is late in the day, you can book the next one in two hours i booked everything at seven o'clock and it looked like the next one was at uh, 11 o'clock so, so but then when you book it at seven you might have to be there at 8 15 so like if you're in your in your room you might have to like ah, gotta, now now it says i have to be there at 8 15 yeah. i mean you can cancel and you can rebook things if it doesn't work out and i i did that but then so then you get there at 8 15 and you can't book your next thing till 11 and now your your next thing's at 3 p.m so it's yeah. like oh my god this is it's just not fun it's just really i would rather have just um gone early every day and, and made that the plan do you think that's um, the alternative to this whole thing is just give up on genie plus and get there early and barrel through stay, things stay at a resort hotel Oh, here's another criticism. It was very difficult to find what time the early openings were. Mm -hmm. There were times when we got to the park at eight o'clock, like Animal Kingdom, and Animal Kingdom had opened at seven o'clock. And I could not, for the life of me, find that anywhere on, on uh, mm -hmm. the Genie, Genie Plus, anything. I couldn't find So I'm like, I would have been there at seven o'clock. Um, another thing that happened was I booked Splash Mountain as a lightning lane, because it's one of, it, you know, my favorite attraction. Um, and it broke down and then they did refund because it, it, it broke down and it was broken down for the rest of the night, but they did refund my money for the uh, Genie Plus for that day. But um, like what happens when a ride breaks down? What happens to all those lightning lane people? They said that they would give you, they said, oh, we'll give you just a general admission to, to anything. It's like, well, I don't want to go on anything. There's nothing else available. Space Mountain's gone. Big Thunder Mountain's gone. Seven Dwarves, my train, yeah. gone, gone, gone. It's all gone. Um, and you had to, th that was their option, book something else. You get a general or whatever you want. Well, no, thank you. And yeah. so uh, finally they did give a refund for that. They, we had to go to the experience team. It's And it's really hard to find them. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to find them. The one we went to was in Adventureland. Um, and they were really nice, but they said it's just really, and they, really and confusing. They, and I'll tell you, it's obvious that the cast members realize that it's confusing to the guests they pretty much acknowledge that it's a very confusing system and that there are some so if issues. i had to do it again personally i would stay at a resort hotel make sure before i left my house in new hampshire i knew all the early opening times and i would get my rear end out of bed go early do everything 
I wanted to then come back and enjoy the, the pool. Yeah, I think um, I would not use Genie Plus. I feel like it was I did it mostly for the podcast and to be able to to yeah. Mike kept on saying to me, like, how would you teach this? And I thought, like, if you were going to teach this to your students, I thought this would be I'd have to have like a doctorate, a four, 50, 50 <laughs> slide, like PowerPoint presentation and have everybody yeah. follow along because it, it was tricky. So, yeah, um, which is not what you want to do on a vacation, right? You don't want to spend the time learning a whole new operating system and, you know, and watching your kids scream because they're not getting on the attraction they want because you can't get and It just seems like it's a, yeah. such a nightmare system. We did actually run into um, Rich and Holly, some Mickey Milers, and they made a great point. Um, and I think, Chris, you sort of experienced it, too, with your family. They live in Florida now. They moved from New York to Florida. They go frequently. They said this system has made it impossible to just meet friends in the park. Yeah. Because uh, they may want to go to studios one day and their friends can't get into studios or you can't right. go on attractions because to, to coordinate two families together. It, um, and they're pros. I mean, they know what they're they're talking about, but yeah. they said it sort of ruined a little bit of maybe I'm just I'm the, these are my words. My impression was they were saying it sort of ruined a little bit of their family and friends experiences because now they just have to say, well, you know, maybe we'll be in the same park. Maybe we won't. Okay. So I want to add one more thing. It, 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 uh, this is probably a scenario that kind of makes it all sound a little bit more uh, understandable. So let's say that tomorrow you had a park reservation for the Magic Kingdom, but you also had a dining reservation for La Hacienda at um, La, La Hacienda at Epcot at six o'clock. But like Michelle said, you're in the Magic Kingdom, and one of the things you want to do is you want to do Space Mountain. But the Space Mountain next next time you could get a Lightning Lane for Space Mountain is six o'clock. Well. You already have a dining reservation for six o'clock that day, and you don't know about this lightning lane thing until 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, guess what? You can't cancel your dining reservation without a possible charge to your credit card wow, because yeah. it's, it's inside yeah, the 24 hours. hours. So you say, well, I guess I'm going to have to get rid of the um, the light, uh, the possibility of going in a lightning lane. The other thing is that a lot of people, Chris, I mean, this is part of the general observation. A lot of people with their heads in their phones running into us. Yeah. Uh, the batteries run down really fast. Um, mine was running down fast. I think I need a new battery anyways. But um, it really, there's all this updating that's constantly going on. And, and that takes a lot of juice from your batteries. So there's a lot of little things that we really learned. I mean, we kind of had an idea what was gonna, what was going to be like. But boy, once you're there... And you can see the frustration and we were hearing people talk about this and there were some people who were had no clue about genie genie plus and we kept on hearing oh let's get a fast pass for this let's get a fast pass for that and there was like, one point when yeah. we were on dinosaur and you know how you kind of go you're up on a stairway and you can look down into the ride i looked down and i just saw a sea of phones yeah like everybody was looking at their phone no, I used to yell at my kids when we walk through the parks and be like, I spent all this money for you guys to look around here and you're looking at your phones. You know, it's yeah. the same problem. But um, all right, I got two more little quick. Did you do any of the individual lightning lanes? Yes. So Splash Mountain, which, oh, no, that was a Genie Plus. Uh, like uh, Ratatouille. Ratatouille? Ratatouille. 
Um, oh, that was another thing. You couldn't tell how much it was going to cost you until you already were charged for it. Wow. So it didn't come up and say, as far as I could see, it didn't come up and say, this is going to cost a certain amount of money. Um, so Ratatouille, which was a waste of money because it turns out since we were at Beach Club, we just mm -hmm. got there when the park opened and the wait was 20 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't even have to do it. Yep. Um, but uh, I think Pirates was not a lightning lane. What was the other you one? Rise of Resistance. Oh, okay. flight, flight. No, we did fl Flight of Passage. Navi? No, no, Flight of Passage was one. And I, I bought two of them and then Mike didn't want to go on. So I, we, I took his magic band and used my watch for a second ride. Mm -hmm. But that was, I think, $10 or something. That's, a, that's an attraction I've only been on once. And I didn't have a great experience because of the person next to me screaming. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it, but, um, you know, I don't know, but, you know, I'm, my salary's fine. I can afford it. It's just, I, I think it came down to this. It just doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, it's so funny that you said that. Cause like, that's initially what I told you when we came back, which, which was it, it's not that we can't afford it. It's just, it's a slap in the face. You spend yeah. all this money to get into the parks right. and go on the attractions now you want me to spend more money just to enjoy the attractions? Like I can't even do that. So um, it's frustrating. And, and one last observation is that because there were not that many people, Chris, using the uh, the Genie Plus Lightning Lane system, whatever you want to call it, um, the standby lines were pretty long. Yeah, the standby lines were very, very long. And for those who were not part of my texting while we were there. I will mention one particular long line, and then you'll understand what I mean. The line for Ratatouille uh, had ten, a total of 10 switchbacks, which you go one aisle and then you turn around and come back. There were 10 switchbacks in total. Outside. Yes, yeah, six near the attraction, and then four that were just as you go through the, the, the awning or whatever you want to call it, the... Just as arch, you enter the, the general, the arch, right. Now, the line continued past the maze in France, up past where you start going into the bridge, and it was three quarters of the way to the United Kingdom. So think about how long that line was. Yeah. That's but, insane. Yeah. But, yeah, and it is insane, but... Um... I mean, you, you're, we're saying conflicting things here. We're saying that we can't get reservations using Genie Plus, and then you're saying that the lines weren't long. I agree with you. So where are all the people going? It didn't look like those mm -hmm. lines were very, except for Flight of Passage, where it was quite a long wait. Um, I will say that once you get it, I didn't have any problem with the technology. I used my Apple Watch, um, and I was able to get in. I didn't have any, you know, didn't turn the wrong color or anything like that. So it worked every single time that we had booked it. But um, do you think that? Do you think it's the cause of the GD Plus system that the the standby lines are so long? Like well, even not for, for Ratatouille, it's a new new attraction. No, no, I'm saying in general because I felt like uh, you know, like things like Pirates that used to be like a 15 minute wait is now at least 45 to an hour all the time. Um, the the um, uh, what you want to call it? The Ariel's thing ride that came up used to be like a five minute wait now that's an hour um i feel like every attraction now is a wait no matter what you like you could you used to be able to get a fast pass say at splash mountain and while you're waiting for it you could go on pirates or you could go on you know um you know uh, one of the other attractions that are nearby and, and or two 
before you have to go back. And you can't even do that now because it's going to take another couple of hours. But do you think it's the cause of the Genie Plus or do you think it's just the crowds in general? I think it's like, I don't know. I'm thinking my first example is the first day at the Magic Kingdom when we got there, what we thought was the early hour, um, eight o'clock. I booked it because Mike didn't want to go on that. I booked it and the line was 80 minutes at eight o'clock. Yeah. 80 minutes. Um, another thing I noticed that, and we, I knew we met some other friends of ours um, who were in that line. They were, they just seemed to be just ahead of me. We think that the, the posted times, while they're usually inflated, were greatly inflated. They said they waited in line for 45 minutes, and I was in an eight, the same line that said 80 minutes, and I, I gave up. So um, I don't know if that answered any question, but there's just a lot of things that need to be worked out, I think. So to answer your question, Chris, before I, ask, before I answer it, I want to ask Michelle, what, what do you think if someone said to us, what do you think the... Uh, capacity level was in the parks? Was it 60, 70, 80, 90%? What would you say? Um, I have my own idea. I mean, when you say capacity, is that, do you mean how many they're going to let in the door or what, what the cap, what, what it actually was? So let's I would say, say the Magic Kingdom was like 80%, maybe, okay. maybe more. Uh, Epcot, probably 60%. Um, uh, Animal Kingdom, 60%, and studios, like 80%. I would say, um, pretty close. I would say on average, it was about 70 to 75%. So, keeping that in mind, still the lines were longer than normal. So, so if you're reducing the capacity of the parks, but the lines are longer, then I think you have to attribute that to Genie Plus because. It replaces the free fast pass system in which a lot of people took advantage of. But as we said earlier, there were not that many people in the lightning lane. So they were saying, we're not gonna pay. We already pay $144 to get into this park. We're going to you know, wait it out. So I think Chris, to answer you, I think it's a huge contributor to the extended long lines of things like even the people mover. Yeah. You know. I never went on uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, favorite favorite ride. Never went on Tower of Terror, favorite ride. Couldn't even get on the land without a really long wait. So. Yep. Christian. Right. So. Um, <laughs> magical. I, I, the big ultimate question, magical or tragical, Michelle? Uh, it was tragical for me. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Mm -hmm. no. Mike? Capital T, tragical. Yeah. Unless yeah. They, unless they tweak it a certain way here and there. Maybe. I mean, the system is tragical in itself. And then I think what its effect on the park experience is even doubly so, right? I mean, I, I got the feeling like we were saying, you can't even enjoy anything there other than going and buying food, buying, you know, tchotchkes uh, or the atmosphere. But even that is crazy because everybody's staring at their phones. You're getting banged into. So, you, you know, the effects... Even they to the experiences is, is they needed like somebody from Apple to come in and help them do their user interface because yeah. oh that thing is not, hard to yeah not intuitive it is everything about it yeah it, you get I mean we're coming from a stressful last two years like <laughs> we don't need stress yeah. on our vacation and honestly yeah. I just I just want to try it to 
to kind of work through all the problems. And I think I gave it the old college try and I would say, no, not again. Well, it's so <laughs> funny. Well, I thought it was so funny because you and I had a discussion. You're just like, I'm just going to throw money at the problem and that'll yeah. make everything okay. And then you went and experienced it and then went, money doesn't solve everything. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. So. Solve it. I, I mean, I, if I could just start the day with a list of things that I wanted to do for attractions and check, 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 check. And it was easy and I could now, make my plans whenever I wanted to. I think yeah. I might have liked it. You know, and for all those who, and we thank you for listening to the podcast, all those who think we're just negative, we're trying to be realistic. We're not trying to uh, sugarcoat anything. We're trying to be as realistic as possible to give everybody an understanding of what we went through and what we think could be a way to make your next vacation enjoyable despite Disney Genie Plus. And speaking of which, so a lot of people these days are going to be going back now that uh, the the epidemic is sort of, or the pandemic is sort of waning a little bit. So everybody's going to start making their reservations. Just before you guys got down there, um, they got rid of the mask mandate within indoors. They, they, they keep them inside of um, transportation, like uh, the boats and um, the Skyliner and stuff like that. So Mike, what, what did you feel like? Did you feel okay? Like walking through were people wearing masks a lot, even though there was no mandate? Well, really, we were curious to see how that was. There were, um, again, you need to wear masks on the monorails, on the buses, although that was inconsistent. Sometimes yeah, the you, cast members were very. Sometimes the cast members were very adamant. Sometimes the bus drivers would not let you on unless you had your. A mask on sometimes there were starters on the monorail stops who would hand guests masks but it was very inconsistent um uh, walking around outdoors i would say at the max at the max maybe maybe 10 percent of the people were wearing masks indoors maybe it was a little bit higher i one one interesting I don't know, Michelle, do you remember which attraction it was? We had our masks on all the time when we were indoors. And we went into one attraction. I, I don't know what it was. It might have been dinosaur. I don't know what it was. But because we had our masks on, the loading cast member probably figured either we were. Oh, it was uh, Mickey's Mickey's Runaway oh, okay. Railway. Yep. Uh, which was different from the last time. Mm-hmm. We went. But they, she thought that because we had our masks on, we were either unvaccinated or we were very, very afraid to ride with anyone else. So she gave us a row to ourselves. But hmm. the very, very few masks. I mean, I, I still think everybody needs to bring masks. Obviously, if you're still on a, you got to go on a plane, you got to ride a mask. If you're going to ride the monorail, you're going to ride a mask. I would say 10% of cast members I yeah. saw. Yeah. And... Uh, almost nobody. <laughs> and even when we were on the bus or the monorail, people were just blatantly taking them off. And not oh, yeah. Them. Not, not most people. Most people were fine. I would say 90% of the people on right. those were fine, but there's some people who... Yeah, that was my experience. Even when we had the mask mandate indoors when I was there in January, it was there were people who were just like, I don't care and pulling the mask off. Mm-hmm. And, and I even felt like the cast member reactions weren't standardized. I think that's a problem. Um, like like you said, like some people would be adamant, like you have to do this. And then others were like, whatever, I don't care. I'm not going to yeah. get able to fight. We'll talk about it later. But when we went to Cirque du Soleil, everybody started all the, the ushers had paddle boards that said, please wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really 
tell people to wear masks that were, were I think the only ones around us who had masks even though some of the performers who weren't singing had masks if they weren't singing they on stage even though they were doing acrobatics and dancing and things like that they were wearing masks interesting so wow not all, all the if they weren't singing they were wearing a mask you mean those guys flipping they had masks if they were not if they weren't uh, they were dancing but if they weren't doing acrobatics they're wearing a mask okay right? yeah got it Oh, wow. Crazy. Um, the other thing I heard. Oh, so I guess basically the answer for the protocols, magical, tragical. I mean, it's twofold. It's how did people react to it? And two, how did cast members react to it? So I, it's mixed. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. I, I, I can only make a decision for myself, you know, yeah. and I only get upset if I felt like somebody else was not I'm a rule follower. Um, I remember a family of like six on the monorail who were just in this car. With every, every every other person was wearing masks, but they weren't. And that just pissed me off. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I was way on the other side. So I think that if there were if there was consistency with the um, wearing of the masks in the transportation system and indoors, I think I would say it would be magical. But because of all the defiance that I, I just feel it's like it wasn't defiance. outrageous though yeah but you know we're still in it and things could change in a minute uh so you, i think you need to be be careful so i'm going to say tragical you know speaking of transportation um when i was there they they weren't running yet but the trams were running i understood just as far as i know as far as we know chris only in the magic kingdom oh, uh okay. i don't believe that they and things could change by the time this show was released it could change but all the other parks the trams were not hmm. working so that's tragical bless yes. you um all right so uh we're gonna wrap up a couple little little things here uh the reservation system um tell me went pretty well i think mike dealt more with that we changed we changed several times at the last minute uh, yeah I, uh, but i want to make a comment that when we were we said, gee, do you want to change tomorrow's reservation park to another one? And we said, yeah, we had to figure out, really had to figure out what, where we wanted to change it. And before, before you even do that, you have to look at the park availability calendar. I know one day we were going to go, one morning we were going to go to the studios and we decided we were going to go to Epcot. I went on the park availability calendar and Studios was locked out that day. So if we change it, we would not be able to get back in. But the Epcot availability was there. So the thing is that buyer beware. Um, if you make a park reservation days, weeks, months ahead of time, you really need to assume that that's going to be the one you're going to be going and that you may be locked in because things change. This week, there were some parks that weren't available. And I just kept on thinking, Chris, what's going to happen when we get to the summer? Now, I don't think that the park capacities are going to go up to 100%. We heard or read somewhere that um, um, that they do not expect to go to 100%. They may get to 80, 85. But if that's the case, then availability during the summer is going to be even that, that kind of yeah. tentative kind of a thing. And they're planning to keep the reservation system going for the foreseeable future. And uh, so it, it's it's also just the, um, 
it's a weird thing. I, I, I'm trying to figure out why they're not going to full capacity if the mandates are down. Is it is it cast member availability? Is it not having enough workers, enough supply chain problems? You know, like that kind of stuff is maybe causing them to sort of hold back. But I guess we'll we'll have to see. So, um, I mean, it's already packed. Who are we going to put people? I, well, I, that's what I felt like. I, I was like, I, this is supposed to be 75% capacity. Sure felt like it was 100 to me, but yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. What we're gonna do is we're gonna um, do more micro as opposed to macro. We're gonna start doing park by park and individual attractions on the next show, if that's all right with you. I don't know if you know you want to do something different. It's up to you, but that's my feeling anyway. Um, You're asking the listeners or us? You guys. Even though we have a list in front of us. Have to wait till <laughs> next. Have to wait till the following week to hear the rest of. Yeah. Well, but uh, <laughs> do our best all right so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of mickey miles and more if you want to reach out to us send us a message on twitter at mickey miles pod for dr michelle scribner mclean mike scopa i'm chris eliopoulos we'll see you on the road and in the parks we hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the mickey miles and more podcast for all of us here at the mickey miles and more podcast this is rick gray saying thanks for listening and all your support And until next time, we'll see you on the road.